What's up, everyone? Just say thank you for tuning in today. If you enjoy the show, enjoy the content, just please make sure to rate, subscribe, and follow the page on Instagram at Overcoming the Divide. Thank you. What's up, everyone? Welcome to today's mini-sode. This will be focusing on the CDC withholding large portions of COVID data. This episode was pretty much a last minute thing. When I heard about this whole situation, I was like, this can't go unnoticed. This can't go not talked about or just slide under the rug, at least in terms of how I like to acknowledge like big events and contemporary issues. But before going into today's issue, I want to say that tomorrow's episode had on a spectacular guest, the Honorable Tony Clement. Tony Clement was a former parliamentary member for over 12 years in Canada. We discussed pretty much the Freedom Truckers Convoy, the invoking of the Emergencies Act by Prime Minister Trudeau, and we get pretty much compare American and Canadian politics, and he gives some pretty interesting views on how Canadians view Americans. So I thought that was pretty insightful, and that will be out tomorrow morning. So if you want to hear that first, make sure to subscribe on Apple or Spotify. And if you're seeing everything that's going on in Ukraine right now and you're interested in that as well, I did an episode with David Andelman and Diana Johnstone, which are both available currently. The one with Andelman, he provides a more Western outlook on the situation and on the approach to the candlelit. And then you have Diana Johnstone. Johnstone is way more critical of the Western approach and how they're currently or were handling the situation. Both of those kind of give a holistic view to the situation by having both of those unique perspectives. But to get right into today's topic, I want to take a look at the CDC's decision not to publish large portions of COVID data. Now, one might think what data and why. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention has informed the New York Times that they have been collecting data on hospitalizations from COVID-19 broken down by age, race, and vaccination status for over a year now. However, very little of that data is disclosed to the public. According to the New York Times, the only information that was made public recently was the efficacy of boosters in people younger than 65 years. However, this data even left out a huge portion of the population, which included people the years of 18 to 45, where the efficacy of the booster is most up for debate. Well, what else are they missing out on? According to the New York Post, they have only just started releasing data on wastewater, which, if COVID-19 does appear to be in wastewater, can be beneficial to local municipalities as well as governments to see what areas may see a spike in cases and slash or hospitalizations. It's the more you know type thing. So that's the what. However, where's the why? According to the New York Times, Kristen Nordland, a spokeswoman for the CDC, said the agency has been slow to release the different streams of data, quote, because basically, at the end of the day, it's not yet ready for prime time, unquote. She also expressed that the data may be misinterpreted by the public and that the data only represents 10% of the population. However, according to the New York Times as well, the CDC has used similar sizes in populations to track other viruses, such as influenza, for years now. Now, to interject my opinion real fast to the CDC, one, you're not a producer on freaking Euphoria. You're not there to decide if the information is ready for prime time or not. You have collected data for over a year now and months regarding the boosters. Release it. Two, you're worried that the public may misinterpret the data. That is every vaccine skeptic's dream. You're almost vindicating their claim by your lack of transparency. Imagine me saying Russia didn't invade Ukraine 
and you be skeptical of that. So I restrict any access you have the Wi-Fi or the news because you might misinterpret the situation. It's insane. A follow-up point to that as well is it's not the damn job of the CDC to make assumptions about how the public will respond. Jessica Rivera, epidemiologist and part of the team that ran COVID tracking project, which operated till March 2021, said that, quote, we are at a much greater risk of misinterpreting the data with data vacuums than sharing the data with proper science, communication, and caveats, unquote. However, the CDC aren't the only people held accountable for this. Samuel Scorpino, a managing director of passage and surveillance at the Rockefeller Foundation's Pandemic Prevention Institute, said, quote, the CDC is a political organization as much as it is a public health organization. Going on to say, the steps that it takes to get something like this released are often well outside of the control of many of the scientists that work at the CDC, unquote. It's absolutely wild to me how the people running the show can't see how much this damages the credibility of the CDC, a government agency that should be revered by the American public. NPR wrote an article on a poll by the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, as well as the Harvard T.H. Chan Public School of Health, that surveyed 1,300 people and was conducted from mid-February to mid-March of 2021. This poll only showed that 52% of respondents said that they have a great deal slash quite a lot of trust in the CDC. Other health agencies pulled much lower, such as the NIH and FDA, which both only had 37% of people saying, or respondents saying that they had, quote, a great deal, quite a lot of trust in those agencies. And I can't imagine that those numbers improved, especially now. Who sees this, regardless of your view on the vaccine, regardless of your political affiliation, and says, oh, the CDC is withholding large portions of data that can help millions of Americans make a vital decision? Yeah, those people have my trust. It's a name. And even if the scientists at the CDC wanted to publish the data, they can't because of the hoops and hurdles they have to go through. And no one is held accountable for this. I am beyond tired of seeing Rand Paul and Fauci bickering in these congressional hearings that produces nothing besides showcasing the arrogance of these people. It's long overdue for Americans to actually start supporting people for office that represent their interest, their family's interest, and the broad American public's interest. And I know it seems far-fetched and it could never happen and maybe it won't, but there's only one way to find out. So I encourage people listening today, just when the elections come around, do your, first off, vote regardless, but just do your research on the, like, who you're going to vote for, and if there's probably a better candidate, and even if that person's an underdog, try supporting them. If you have free time on the weekend, or you have a little, like, extra money, like, just support them in any way you can, and unfortunately, there's so many elections that showcase no people, uh, in my opinion, worthy of their constituent support, nonetheless, they win election and election over again but that's just another opportunity for you to say see someone in the community that you think would be a good fit for office and talk to them about running big things have small beginnings it's not a cliche phrase even though it kind of is but it's something that plays true and like i said it sounds far-fetched but so are a lot of great things until they're finally done so i appreciate you tuning in thank you enjoy your week and be on the lookout for tomorrow's episode